Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, and good morning. Good grief. It's KMOX Home Improvement Show. This is Scott Mosby. I am at your service. We have 10 phone lines for you. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, and toll-free 800-925-1120. We have two hours today, lots of things to talk about, home improvement and anything around your home, your buildings, things you're responsible for. That's what we're talking about today. My name is Scott Mosby. I own Mosby Building Arts, a design, architecture, and construction company here in St. Louis metropolitan area. If you can hear my voice, we generally work for you. So that's kind of the topic. I have uh, a whole company behind me that has uh, experience, knowledge, and uh, uh, particularly licensing in various trades, uh, electrical, plumbing, uh, licensed architects, aging and place specialists, uh, specialists, or as we like to say at Mosby, thriving in place. Um, the industry um, label for that is aging, in, which is basically stay in your home as long as you want, make it fit you, have the home serve you instead of you serve the home. Well, we like to say that is thriving in place. Stay put, make, world, make the world what you want it to be, and take responsibility for how you want it to fit, serve, and comfort you. 314 are the phone lines, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. We will have a uh, uh, guest this morning, Ellen Veeman of the Home Builders Association, will call in and tell us about the St. Charles Home Show, uh, some of the things that uh, we all remember, the big spring downtown home show because of the COVID isn't quite up to snuff just yet because of occupancy. I mean, how do you get all those people together? So uh, the later St. Charles Home Show is uh, really uh, enough later uh, as well as uh, other factors that fly into that. So basically there will be a St. Charles Home Show out at the St. Charles Convention Center. Uh, That we'll talk about. Uh, But topics for today, various things that I want to talk about. We have various blogs on the callmosby.com, on the mosbybuildingarts.com. A blog being an article written, think of it as a newspaper article in digital form with photos that go along it with it as well. Uh, one of the topics is, is your bathroom vented? Is it properly vented? I'll get into that a little bit. A classic age-old one that I love. This we get all the time. Do you need a bathtub? Yeah, when you do the bath, when you do a bathroom model, do you need to keep that bathtub? Truly, does every house need a bathtub? Uh, well, that gets uh, debated in that. And also, accessible and universal design, thriving in place, aging in place, what things, what it means, how you go about thinking about accessibility. Uh, long and the short of that is, if you've ever been in a hotel or motel as you're traveling, and you wind up with only an accessible room being uh, available to you, well, when you get in that, and this is really how I... Uh, discovered the comfort, the ease, uh, virtual almost luxury as well, uh, because we got in a place that was about 10 or 11 at night, and all they had was that accessible room. And they and we, we took it, and they said, sure, we're not likely to get another customer here tonight. Well, have you ever had a shower that has no curb in it, 
what's called zero entry or no curb, no entry, nothing to trip over, nothing to step over. I'm not talking about that bathtub side that is 16, 18 inches tall or those soaking tubs that might be 20 inches tall or the shower that's four inches tall. That little bump is responsible for a large percentage of falls in the bathroom. Uh, so anyway, just uh, talking about that and various things, grab bars. Uh, but anyway, as we get into these topics about ventilating bathrooms, you need a bathtub, uh, thriving in place, accessible and universal design, all those various things, and those affect all of us at all ages. The uh, topic about venting a bathroom. Uh, so if you have a house and you've got a window to the exterior in your shower, uh, I've lived like that. I actually have one now. It doesn't open anymore. I turned it into a glass block shower uh, for water reasons years ago. But the issue is, if you can open that window, then you don't need a vent fan. Do you do the math on that when it's six degrees below zero? Are you really going to open that window and make all that moisture inside that bathroom turn to icicles? I think not. So although the building code, and the building code is the bare minimum, that is an acceptable thing. But a bath vent fan that is piped, exhausted to the exterior house, that's the ticket. That's the way. 314-436-7900, Two full hours today. Ellen Veeman calling in in a little bit. And, of course, all this available on callmosby.com or scottmosby.com or mosbybuildingarts.com. Uh, those things are all available. Uh, and we're going to get into various things around here because, for example, we are now, uh, Easter's upon us. Good Friday just passed, and uh, we have Easter coming tomorrow. The concept is, for all you fashionistas out there, no colors before Easter. When Easter comes, out come the bright colors, dresses, and the flowers and such. Well, Mother Nature's about to explode, so in this part of the country, everything is starting to bloom. I love the Bradford pear trees are in full glory. I can't wait for the rest of it to come my favorite time. Well, one of my favorite times, I love fall as well. Uh, you know, the changing leaves as well in the fall. I, I love that. But as we get into that, how that affects us in uh, home remodeling, maintenance, you as homeowners, washing the car, washing off the deck, patio, driveway, whatever it is, you know, cleaning out the fountain, getting it ready to go, lawn irrigation, that stuff. As the colors come, when the the trees start to bloom and the flowers start to perk out and you see color in spring, believe it or not, now that's when you can leave your hose connected to your hose bib and not before, not before. Even now, uh, think about Easter tomorrow. Well, we had freezing temperatures in the last 48 hours. Uh, so if you can hear my voice, you potentially could have had some sort of deep freeze, freezing situation. So we'll talk about that and the issues. But I want you to think about your home, and today is a great opportunity. We're going to have some glorious, <coughs> excuse me, weather next week, excuse me, as we get forward and go into uh, the spring. And spring has sprung, not quite yet, but as that gets into things, that is getting ready for the summer. Summer is coming. I promise winter is done. We are in spring. We'll talk about that and more. Bring on your questions. Uh, I've been doing this show for, hmm, my golly, 20-something uh, years. And I've, I've touched on almost every concept that I could think of and certainly that you can think of as well. We'll talk about those and more. Uh, some of the things happening now, we're in unique times with the whole COVID thing as far as material shortage, lengthening construction, length 
projects um, and uh, limited availability of both labor, materials, talent, and, oh, by the way, uh, permit reviews. Um, you know, the county, the city, the various permit authorities, they're inundated too. So they're understaffed just like the rest of the world is in the construction industry. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. This is KMOX. Together we are at your service here on the Helitech Home Improvement Show. This is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, back together. Home Improvement. Scott Mosby here. Phone lines 314-436-7900. Toll free 800-925-1120. Uh, let's get right into the first call here and talk to my friend Bob. Bob, good morning. Welcome to CamWex. How can I help? Hey, good morning. Hey, quick question. I've got a small commercial building with a concrete parking lot, mm-hmm. about 15 years old, starting to show some wear and tear and get kind of crumbly in places. So I'm thinking, unless you've got a better idea, that when I do something to improve that, I may I may put blacktop over the top of it. Number one, is that a good idea? Number two, is that the perfect base like I think it should be? And number three, if it's not, do I need to do something to prep the concrete or do the people need to do something before they put blacktop over that base? Uh, well, it is a good base uh, as long as the joints all align on that, Bob. That's the big deal because any kind of concrete plates or, or slabs that move or tilt, anything like that, it's hard to overcome that because once you pave it, the asphalt will kind of like self-leveling. It levels all that out, but you wind up with any further movement in the concrete showing those same joints. So your expansion joints will telegraph right through all that asphalt. So it's it, any cracks you have... Um, uh, as far as uh, control joints, straight and attractive, or broken slabs uh, that are, you know, jagged and unattractive, that will all come through your asphalt somewhere two to three years because that concrete still comes up and down and up and down. And what you'll find out is uh, that um, an, an asphalt company will say, sure, we can do that. That's the affordable way but probably in eight years you're going to pay me to tear it all up and, you know, enhance the base and put the asphalt down the right way. Because concrete really uh, has two to four inches of gravel. It's inherently a stronger surface material, so it's a sl- it's like putting down a steel plate, if you will. Asphalt's more like a plastic membrane, so it depends deeply on the con- or the stone base, the crushed gravel or crushed limestone that's underneath it. So typically the smallest asphalt base you'll have is six inches compacted up to like a highway might have 12, 14 inches of compacted stone. That's where the strength comes from. So I would also uh, go ahead and talk to an asphalt company, but get a quote on what it takes to pull out that concrete too because uh, sooner or later it gets ugly enough and, and you're buying time. All of this in terms of putting asphalt over the concrete, you'll be very happy for the first three, four, five years. And then after that, you're now you know back to the same decision you face now. So one conversation coming up with a good asphalt contractor will be to remove and replace with asphalt, but you're going to wind up raising the uh, gravel, which means your your pavement's coming up four inches, or you're digging out all the old gravel, and because you need at least six inches underneath it on a commercial building, you're probably eight nine inches base to take care of trucks and you know unforeseen typical traffic. Very good. Well, thank you. That's very informative. I appreciate your expertise. Okay, Bob. Good luck, my friend. 
Thanks. Happy Easter. Thank you. You too. God bless. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. Uh, you know what? Let's see what's cooking with my buddy, Ellen Veeman. Uh, Ellen Veeman is here with us this morning from the Home Builders Association. Ellen, good morning. Good morning, Scott. How are you this fine Saturday? I'm doing great. Well, tell me what's cooking. It is the season, I understand. I uh, wasn't sure that we were going to launch this ship this spring, but uh, tell me more. Yeah, we've got the St. Charles Home Show coming up at the St. Charles Convention Center. It is this next weekend. Um, the 9th through the 11th, and we have got, um, you know, hundreds of home pros coming together in one place in a safe shopping environment where people can come and talk about their home improvement projects. Nice, nice. Now tell me, uh, uh, typically we have the city this time of year as well uh, in the big downtown home show. Tell me uh, how we wound up with one and not two. Yeah, you know, the city of St. Louis um, just would not approve of an event plan um, mm-hmm. for the kind of attendance that would have made the show successful and, you know, able to be what people expect from it. So it has been postponed until next spring. Yeah, yeah. Understood. Well, you know, it mm-hmm. is what it is. So be it. Right. Yeah. Uh, tell me the hours, the time, uh, what's cooking in St. Charles Home Show uh, days and all that. I, I kind of enjoy, um, well, I miss that. I just I just flat out miss it. Yeah, you know, the show opens on Friday at 10 mm-hmm. uh, and goes till 7 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. We open every day at 10, and then Sunday we're there until 5. And the great thing about the St. Charles Home Show is it's free parking and free admission. It's, it's a great building. The St. Charles Convention Center is beautiful, um, wonderful staff there that keeps it, you know, running great and very clean. And, and it's just a really great show to come on out and, uh, you know, talk to a bunch of people about all the things you want to do around your home. Oh, my gosh. You know, I've been out and about a little bit in the last week. I'm long past my vaccination. I'm still running around with a mask as it is. Uh, But, you know, the world is waking up. My golly, people are out and about, um, uh, not necessarily this morning, but for heaven's sakes, uh, uh, the world is uh, awakening here. Well, and, you know, things have been going on at the St. Charles Convention Center pretty much, um, you know, nonstop Mm -hmm. for the last, you know, however many months. They've been doing a great job out there of, of keeping things open. Um, and I know, you know, a lot of people, you know, may not may not feel comfortable coming, but there are a lot, awful lot of people who, like you said, are getting out and about. And we're going to do our best to, to keep everything safe for people. We're going to have one-way traffic. We have wider aisles. Face coverings are required. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're going to have a, a great show. Ah, nice, nice. Uh, you know, I, people have asked me to wear face coverings for years, but it wasn't medical related. So <laughs> I think that's, you know, more of an aesthetic uh, improvement of the area. But uh, so anyway, I'm right at home, been doing this for years. Mm. <laughs> well, how are you holding up with all of this? Uh, you know, uh, how's life for you, Ellen? You know, life's been fine. Life's been good. You know, we're hanging in there and we're just we're just happy that we can have a show and, you know, bring, uh, you know, the people together that have been missing, you know, not being able to go out and do things. We've got uh, Lori Smith coming in and she's a designer and an author. She's one of the first designers who was on Trading Spaces uh, for all those years. And and, uh, she is going to be talking to people about refreshing their homes. I mean, everybody's spending so much more time at home right now. And so I know people have been doing a lot of home improvements and she's going to be talking about how to refresh your home spaces from just a little bit of a room refresh with maybe paint and furnishings to, you know, how to, you know, tackle the design process for an entire renovation. So she's got a lot of great information to share. Yeah, very nice. Uh, Again, what are those hours, Ellen, and, uh, you know, also ticket prices and such? Sure. It is the 9th through the 11th, Friday and Saturday. It's 10 to 7, Sunday 10 to 5, and it is free to get in and free to park. Nice, nice. Parking is also enjoyable. I enjoy that. Ellen, thank you. Take care. Good luck next weekend, and uh, thanks for uh, helping up all our listeners here on Camwax. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it.
All right. Ellen Veeman, HBA Home Builders Association. This is the St. Charles Convention Center next week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Let's go to the phone, see what's cooking here. Uh, Let's talk to Joan about flooding. Uh, Joan about flooding. Scott Mosby here. Good morning. How can I help? Uh, Scott, we have a uh, home on a stilts, which periodically floods. Uh And the last time that it flooded, which was several years ago, We had to take down the uh, the wood, that sheet wood, that mm-hmm. plywood. Yeah. We had to take all that down and pull all the insulation out. <clears throat> now we would like to put insulation back in there, mm-hmm. and um, we're afraid to put styrofoam because we're afraid the place will flood away, <laughs> will float away. Yeah. So is there anything we can do other than the regular uh, insulation that you usually would put in the walls and in the floors? Well, you're, honestly, your best ball, bet is your styrofoam or a spray foam. The blue board dow, it, you're not going to get enough flotation in the walls for your house to come up off the stilts. Um, the, the power of the water flowing in, in the flood stage, you know, trying to push the house off the stilts and all of that is greater than any flotation you'll get from your uh uh, Dow board or your Owens Corning pink board. Those are the two that are suitable for below grade locations, which basically means they can get along okay with water. They don't absorb any water inside that material. Um, you okay. can do a closed cell spray foam. Um, that's uh, quite pricey, as, as is the foam itself. It'll do a much better job of insulating, but even the closed cell spray foam, although it, they tend to think it's going to stay warm, it's, it's a little more permeable uh, if it's underwater than your Dow and your Owens Corning. So really, my, I, I think it's your rigid foam and then use a closed cell spray foam around the edges to hold it in would be my best uh, advice at this point. Okay, so you said <clears throat> you said blue board or pink board? Yeah, those are the two colors. There's a Dow, D-O-W, Dow Chemical Company, okay. uh, and it's called, and they, they own the Styrofoam a brand name. So it's blue. So you walk into a home store or lumber company, whatever it is, you'll see a blue Dow board. And then you'll also see a pink and it's, you know, the Owens Corning pink. And you'll see written on there is uh, suitable for below grade locations, both those materials. That white uh, beadboard stuff is not um, and all kinds of other insulations are not. And a fibrous material won't any, the, the fibrous material just gets wet and it's like a wet pet you know and you're just stuck okay so you would you would use the spray foam to adhere it yeah and to fill in around the edges because you know it's uh you know you cut you have a 14 and a half inch stud to stud space or stud cavity between the two by fours up and down um but you know you can't if you cut it 14 and a half inches and the two and the two by fours are crooked so it's not the same width all up and down so you cut it to maybe 14 and a quarter or 14 and then just round all four sides you just basically caulk it but you caulk it with the spray foam material great and, Great. yep, and that, and then you, you know, tuck, tuck it behind it where you have electrical outlet boxes and things like that. Um, you know, just tuck or get a smaller, thinner piece. I, I would prefer two inches. Uh, two inches is about, you know, it's about R7 per foot or per inch. So you get a two-inch thick dowel board. You're going to wind up with, you know, R14-ish on that material, which is similar to your um, R13 fiberglass. Great. Great. And, I really appreciate your help. And it's pricey. You know, my gosh, Joan, you'll call back next week and say, whoa, <laughs> well, you didn't tell me it was going to cost me two cars and half of a house. <laughs> 
Well, sometimes you have to do what you have to do. Yeah, yeah. But I understand. I, I've oftentimes spent uh, times on uh, some river homes and in those areas, and people say, why do you do it? It's like, well, 360 days out of the year, it's glorious. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah. True. So I appreciate your help. Thank you. Okay, Joan. Good luck. Bye-bye. Right. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Phone lines, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I am at your service, and all those things that you're asking me, think of me as the guy that already made so many mistakes, so many mistakes. There aren't a whole lot I haven't messed up yet. So I'm your research and development staff, so for all you do-it-yourself do, do uh, workers out there, DIYs, and if you're looking for professionals as well, I get calls from a lot of professionals as well. Um, I still teach around the country in various capacities in our industry. So, you know, you get it for free, all from KMOX. So stay tuned. More coming up here at University of KMOX phone lines, 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. This is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby here. Often challenged but never convicted. I am still out and about. My medication gets adjusted periodically. And so far, Alex hasn't chained me to the, the uh, desk here. He lets me go after two hours. So, you know, I'm still out and about doing damage and uh, whatever can I say. So home improvement is the issue today. All jesting aside, let's go talk to my friend Joan and my second friend Joan this morning about a pressure relief valve. Joan, good morning. Welcome to CamWex. How can I help? Good morning. Um, you might remember I called you a couple of weeks ago about a shower that I couldn't turn off the yeah. leak. Yes. Okay. Well, I could not find the pressure relief valve. My, in, I mean, the uh, water uh, shut off for the shower. I never did find it. Okay. Even when the plumber came and refused to show me where it was at. I don't know whether he knew where it was at. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit suspicious. I tell you, I have a... Um, home, uh, uh, you know, improve our protection plan, you know, where yes. if something breaks, you call this number and they send somebody out. Yes. Well, I, I waited from uh, a Friday at 11 o'clock in the mornings when the leak started till Monday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon before I could get a plumber out here. Oh, wow. And when he came out, why he was, uh, you know, wishy-washy and so forth and so on. But anyway, he wouldn't show me where the pressure, where the uh, shutoff valves were, and so I still don't know. But anyway, he oh. fixed the, uh, managed to fix the leak. He turned the whole house uh, water off so yeah. he could get to it. It was just a valve in the shower, which my daughter thought it was, and she thought she could fix it if she knew how to turn the shower off. But she didn't know, and she was afraid to turn the whole house water off, uh, afraid that you know, that something else would be wrong and yeah. really cause me problems. So, yeah. anyway, when he got done, he uh, went down and he checked on his own, went down and checked the pressure. Mm -hmm. And he came up and he says, your pressure's too high. He said, it's over 100, 100, 102, I think he said. He said, it should be over 80. Yeah. And I said, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to, re to replace it? He says, I can't. And I said, why? He said, because it's not on the ticket. <laughs> Oh. And I said, well, you're telling me I need it. He said, yeah, you need it. He said, but uh, I can't do it. So my question is, 
he can't do it. How long do I have? Or what do I do? I mean, I'm kind of like I'm sitting on a basket of eggs. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, the, you've been living with 100-pound pressure for a long time. What it really does, the downside of high pressure, other than glorious showers watering the lawns, high pressure is great until it's a clothes washer appliance, a dishwasher appliance. Those two things have what's called solenoid valves. So the electric says, turn on the water, turn off the water. The high pressure, those springs that shut the water off when the magnet says, okay, turn it off, uh, then there, it releases a spring. So the magnet opens the valve and the spring closes it. Well, just like me, I wear out after decades. Well, those springs get soft and they can't fully close. So what happens to uh, high water pressure is you wear out these solenoid valves in your clothes and, di- and dishwasher early. So that's that's kind of it. So it, it's a it, it's a havoc thing wreaks havoc on those appliances. So it's well, not it's, an emergency um, thing you have to do right now. Is my point, Joan? I see the uh, thing in the basin. It looks like a bell on my yeah. water pipe. That's that's your pressure uh, uh, regulator. Right. He said that's what I need. Yeah. And. Um, I'm wondering, is that thing going to leak? Is it going to bust, or what's going to happen? Nope, I mean, nope. how much time do I have? No, you have plenty of time. It's not it, it, The worst thing that's going to happen is you continue to have high water pressure. All it does is kind of choke off and restrict the pressure uh, for, you know, for your appliances. That's it. So I wouldn't worry too much about it on an emergency. Make another claim to that uh, company. This is just the way their bureaucracy is to cover you know, and hold those tradesmen accountable. So just make another claim and say it's pooped out, it's covered underneath this, I think. You know, find out if it is and just make another service call. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I can remember I had it re- I had it replaced about, oh, 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah. And I, I just don't remember why I had it replaced, what the, what the reason was why I had it. Yeah, well, uh, that... So I don't won't... know whether... I can't remember whether it was leaking or what it was, but I know I had a mess in my basement from water shooting out everywhere. Wow, wow. Well, just make another claim under your homeowner's protection plan, and uh, they'll tell you whether or not it is or isn't covered. But uh, frankly, uh, any plumber can pretty much take care of that. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, Joan, thanks for calling. Uh-huh. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby came away. So it's home protection plans. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, um, it, it's a agreement to do certain repairs. So it's just like a warranty on the car. Not everything is covered. It's not covered unconditionally. Sometimes things have deductibles or a per, you know amount of money that the homeowner is responsible for paying first. Uh, so anyway, just be aware. We haven't talked too much about homeowner protection plans uh, because it's uh, it, it just not uh, pertinent to the show yet. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Uh, let's go to my friend. Uh, how about Floyd? Hey, Floyd. Good morning. How can I do, my friend? Yes, uh, Scott. Uh, yeah. I have a hundred-year-old building in South City. Okay, they, it's got a. Uh, they put a new brick porch on it, and you know the weep holes that you, you know the three bricks they stand up in that brick wall. Yeah, at the top of the building. Well, this has them on each side, but somebody closed them off on the inside. I was wondering if I should open them because uh, it's got a window going under the porch into the basement, and I put a little, you know, them little bitty. Windows you pull open that goes in center blocks. I put one of them in there. Yeah. But I was wondering if I should knock them uh, that plaster. They pla- they cemented over the wall and, and underneath the porch. I was wondering if I should knock them out 
throw that air can get under that porch. Well, I would knock the plaster out, but I would put in some hardware cloth. And, and what they did is they plastered it up because probably mice were coming in and critters. That's the issue. Um, and it was just easier to plaster it up or maybe water was coming in. Uh, but they should not. Those are ventilation air holes to dry out and let fresh air get in there and try and, you know, you know, limit mold and mildew buildup. So it should be knocked out with the plaster, but you still will likely have responsibility to put your uh, hardware cloth, you know, your half by half inch, and then maybe even some mosquito, um, excuse me, screening over there as well to keep the bugs from coming in. Right. So, you know, the flies and the mosquitoes and everything. Yeah, right. Right. Mm-hmm. I think somebody just I, got, you know, frustrated and just like, boom, you know, just goobered it up with, with plaster because they could quickly. Right. Now, how about if I put a screen over the inside? Perfect. Perfect. I would, okay. yeah, but make uh, make it a pretty hardy screen, wire cloth, because you can still get, you know, good size, you know, chipmunks. You can get squirrels in there. Raccoons, you know, can kind of scrape and try yep. and see if they can get it. You know, if there's a bug goes in there, the <laughs> raccoon's going to try and scrape at it. Right. Well, it's only about a half inch thick, but they're going to try to, you know, they're only about half inch openings. There's three of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nope. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but I'll just, I can put a screen or make me a, a wooden frame with a screen. Yeah. And put that on the inside. Yes, that way the, the mosquitoes and the flies and everything won't get under there and breed. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Thank you, Scott. Right I'll on. listen to you every Saturday. All right. Thanks, Floyd. Take care. Thanks, right, for, thanks for being part of the KMWX Home Improvement Show family. And we're going to take right. a short pause and come back for more right after this. This is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, back together. Scott Mosby here. We've got uh, seminars coming up later in in uh, April here. April 28th. It's a webinar. Uh, and this is at callmosby.com. Ten steps to a successful bathroom remodel. Ten steps. Always universal ten steps. Because there are custom bathrooms where you move walls and change plumbings and you basically give another 50 to 75 years to the piping, the plumbing, and all the stuff, the electric, the whole place and the way the bathroom lives. So that's a custom full-blown remodel. And then you've got kind of uh, what we call right bath where we still take it down to the drywall but we typically then rebuild most of the fixtures uh, we still get into uh, some electrical inventing. We make it code compliant with all, but it's a real bathroom remodel. And it's uh, so anyway. Those are some of the things you can check out. Uh, the website to sign up is callmosby.com. Next up, let's go to my friend Jim. Hey Jim, good morning. Welcome to Camwax. How can I help, sir? Yeah, Jim, you're hey, on here. Scott. Yeah, yeah. I've got a spot on my ceiling that uh, looks like you know leakage from the upstairs, and the bathroom's right above it. And I replaced the wax seal on the toilet and uh, turned out that that was not it. Um, and I went ahead and cut the opening where the stain was from the water. And it's right under the shower, uh, tub shower. Okay. And so uh, I want to know the drain plug. Is there some type of a seal under there that uh, could be bad or what? Uh, tell me, how old is your house, Jim? It's about uh, only about 18, 19 years old. Okay. So you have, uh, uh, prop, uh, is it tile on the wall uh, in your it's shower? A, it's, a, it's an insert tub shower. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, there are typically only a couple of places you can have. On 18 to 19 years old, 
It's usually the bond or the seal around the tub drain, number one. Number two, okay. it could be the overflow, which is 16 inches above that on the side of the t- on the you know side of the tub on the faucet end, or where yeah. the faucets actually the escutcheon plate, the hot and cold water there. What happens is those get caulked in. The caulk gets old and brittle. Uh, the dry the lumber shrinks a little bit, pulls a little bit back from you know where it was 20 years ago, and you wind up with leaks that come through either around the hot and cold, and then it follows the pipes all the way down to what's now your ceiling or that f- drain, the actual floor drain in the tub. That also follows the pipe down. So whether it's any of those three or four places, um, they all leak within about a four to six inch round circle. So they manifest and show the same place. But uh, all of those can be sealed from the finish side or the tub side of that. You follow what I mean? And uh, you may need a a plumber uh, because basically they back out the drain and the bottom of the tub uh, and they have to, they reset this stuff with, uh, you know, plumber's putty and seals. So, and they have to clean off all the old stuff. So if you're pretty handy and you know how it all goes together, you can do that, but it's not hard work. It's not high skill, but it is high knowledge. You need to know how this stuff goes together to know how to pull this thing apart. Okay. So I think you're ready for a plumber on that one. It would have saved you a hole in the ceiling maybe. Yeah. So it's not just a rubber seal in the bottom of the uh, tub drain. It's There's more to it. There's plumber's putty and everything else. No, it could be that. It could be exactly that. But how to take that drain apart uh, takes special tools and knowledge. So, okay, so pretend that it is that rubber gasket. How how are you or I going to get to it, you know? Yeah, you see yeah. what I mean? Okay. Yeah, it's it's not, you know, this is like the guy that charges you fifty dollars to turn the screw, and well, he said, well, you only turn the screw. It's like, well, yeah, that was that was uh, uh, forty five dollars for knowing which screw to turn, and five dollars for turning the screw. So, this is knowledge. Exactly. Based. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Good deal. Sounds right. like I need a plumber. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I think it'll say, and, and if you're in bigger leagues than that, you need a plumber anyway. So, you know, my thing is there's, you got a four out of five chance that it's a plumber's need, that you need a plumber anyway. Get her done. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, Jim. Thanks for the call. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's get into Jay. Hey, Jay, good morning. Welcome, KMOX. Hey, Jay, can you handle this in the next uh, couple of minutes here? Scott Sure. Mosby. Yeah. Go ahead, How are Jim. you? I'm fine. Hey, thanks for taking my call from Springfield, Illinois. Quick yeah. question. Got got a shower fiberglass uh, base, and I'd like to get an anti-slip product for it. And what's your recommendations at? I mean, it's got some little, uh, you know, it's not totally smooth, but at the same time, when I dry off in the shower, I'm afraid of, I've a couple of times caught myself of slipping. So sure. looking for a recommendation for product for that. And then one of the older questions you get all the time are cleaning the tile around the shower mm-hmm. uh the tile guy told me you have to steam the grout and then a good idea would to take a hand brush and paint uh the grout line so i'll, I'll, I'll just hang up and listen okay you have a question hang on a minute jay uh so you have a uh, composite base in the shower and tile on the walls that's correct 
Okay, sounds good. Uh, uh, pretty simple. You can stay the line here. It's not a big deal. Uh, you need to really clean off that base, but simple, abrasive, non-slip appliques. Um, and this is very common. You see them with children uh, in the bottom of bathtubs. They just stick on. They're, they're actually these, you know, with the 3M products we have with adhesives today, uh, it, it'll stick. It, and your problem will be if you ever want to take them off. So that's the issue. You can, you can, but you have to clean that base, and I mean really clean it, wipe it, you know, scrub it down with your uh, CLR-type product, get any lime deposit, wipe it down with a nice, uh, say, rubbing al- alcohol or denatured right. alcohol, and then let it dry, and whatever you stick to it in one of those, uh, you can get them at, you know, bath stores around. They're not magic, um, but they do stick. And are they hard to clean or maintain after that? You betcha. You betcha. It's, it's sandpaper glued to the floor. You betcha. All right. <laughs> Careful what, what you ask for. You, you just might get it. What tile grout then, your suggestion? Oh, I think you're, you're getting good advice there. Go with that. All right. Thank you, Scott. Okay, Jay. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, back for Hour 2, right after news, weather, and sports. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, odyssey.com. Odyssey, that's A-U-D, Odyssey. And this is Scott Mosby. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show. We have one more hour, good first hour, uh, great questions, good topics, and uh, I think some good conversations. So we have phone lines open for you. If you've got a pocket question for me, you've been carrying around for a day, week, month, or a year, 314-436-7900, My day job is Mosby Building Arts, uh, founded in 1947. We are now uh, um, a family business. When I describe family, uh, the family includes all the associates, our trade partners, our clients, Everybody involved with Mosby Building Arts because you know what? We're all going the same direction. We want to see good work put in place for nice people that appreciate what we do. And you know what? It's a great thing and a wonderful career. Uh, anybody that look that looks for any kind of um, a construction career, I really invite you to check into Mosby Building Arts. Uh, yeah, I'm very proud to be part of this company and uh, really invite you likewise for, uh, believe it or not, uh, a good balance of life. And that's tough to do in the construction industry. Uh, 314-436-7900 brings us together here on KMOX or 800-925-1120. You know what? Let's go back to some very patient callers and talk to my friend Aaron. Hey, Aaron, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. Thanks for your patience. How can I help you, brother? Good afternoon. Yes, sir. Uh, I am in the midst of building a screen building for my wife to raise vegetables in mm-hmm. because yeah. of raccoon, possum, groundhog, skunk, <laughs> deer, uh, bobcat, fox. And uh, what I'm, my question comes, boils down to is when or what type of temperature may I and is best to pour the pre-mixed concrete that comes in bags uh, for setting these posts. 
Uh, right now, any time from now till about January of next year, uh, the ground has thawed here, Aaron. So the soil is a nice, cool temperature. The slower the concrete cures, the stronger it will be. So for doing a post barn or pole barn or any kind of post like that, um, down in the soil, uh, now's the time. Uh, also, uh, so anyway, that's your question, and that's the direct answer. Even now, for pouring flat concrete or elevated concrete foundation walls, pretty much uh, 24-7 from here forward until we get back to the deep freeze of next winter. It's, you know, because even if we have overnight cold temperatures, they don't last long, and one of the byproducts of concrete is heat. So the chemical reaction of concrete setting uh, actually heats itself. So if you've got it down in the ground, you actually have a nice big overcoat around it called the soil. So you'll be in very good shape. And frankly, um, when you get into June, July, August, when it's really, really hot, you know, then all the concrete placement companies, now we're taking big steps to slow down how fast the concrete cures because we don't want that heat building up so much and protected from the sun. We start running sprinklers on it, uh, just trying to cool it off with water. And in fact, if you've been out on the highway and one of the road companies is uh, building a bridge and you drive under a bridge and you get rained on you know it's a beautiful day sunshiny no rain and you've got water coming off the bridge that's them trying to cool off that concrete cure okay i that clears it up i was afraid it might be not might not yet be warm enough no now one thing i want you to uh think about here aaron though is a vermin barrier what are you doing to keep the critters from digging underground and coming up in the vegetable garden well, the inside of the garden, the garden actually are going to be boxes. Okay. And uh, plastic boxes. And there will be a uh, wire base that will cover the entire interior. Mm -hmm. And there will be a uh, welded wire that will go up uh, something like three, four feet. Okay. And then above that will be chicken wire. Okay. And then there will be wire over the top to prevent birds from getting in. All right. I like now. Now, keep in mind, though, I'm talking about six, eight inches underground. Yeah, well, if I have uh, a strong wire that is laid on the floor, let them dig. You're not going to come up. Sure, sure. I'm I'm okay with that. That's that's what I'm looking for. Whether it's yeah. on the floor or around the perimeter like a footing would be, uh, it's very common. And, and uh, one of the terms for pouring a very thin piece of concrete in a crawl space is called a rat slab, R-A-T space S-L-A-B. And it's just to keep vermin from digging up inside of a crawl space or, you know, semi-conditioned. Well, no, I, I don't, I've got to do everything by hand. And, uh, Sure. 10 by 10 foot square, moving a lot of soil to put anything down underneath. So I'm going to put it underneath the structure instead of a, around the perimeter. Sounds good. And on the top, there'll be a flap that will come out. So that if the groundhog or uh, raccoon climb on the wire that I will be using, mm -hmm. uh, they won't be able to get to the roof. Oh, Pretty clever. I like it. You're you're doing pretty well there, Aaron. My kudos <laughs> to you, man. I've I've been reading. 
<laughs> you've been re- you've also been wounded many times. Or you wouldn't be big building this thing. <laughs> well, my my wife has twenty two years as a master gardener, and oh. she's anxious to get to raising vegetables again. What time's lunch? I'll be right over. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> okay. Her tomato is only about three inches tall. Oh wow! I'll, I'll bet. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll bet you could uh, be portly if you wanted to be with a wife growing veggies like that. Um. Thankfully, the Lord didn't build me that way, but I'm going to give him <laughs> praise for Easter and you too. Thank you so much and a blessed Easter. Amen. God bless you, Aaron. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. I love that. I, unusual structures bring unusual history, and that's always a good story. So I enjoy the concept of a screen enclosure for a master gardener. That That's a great trade. I, it sounds good to me. Phone lines here on CAMOX, 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. We talked to Ellen Veeman in Hour 1 of the Home and Home Builders Association, and uh, they have the St. Charles Home Show. You hear about that every year, at least you used to. We skipped a year with the COVID thing last year. And this is next weekend, um, April 9th through the 11th, and that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday opens at 10 till 7. Uh, and then Saturday, 10 to 7, Sunday, 10 to 5, uh, close up a little bit on Sunday night for families to go home and get some time uh, at home. So uh, stay tuned. More coming up here on University of KMOX. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show. My name is Scott Mosby. I am at your service. This is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. 50,000 watts KMOX. Phone lines open for you, and we're going right to the phones. Let's talk to my friend Joe. Hey, Joe, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on KMOX. How can I help? Yes, Scott. Thank you for your service. Yes, sir. Um, I've got an unusual situation existing. Um, My water pressure coming out of my water faucet on the east end of the house is very, very low. Mm -hmm. However, the water pressure coming out on the west end of the house is commensurate with whatever the pressure is coming into the foundation. I think we're set at about 68 PSI. Okay. So I had... uh, valves, uh, shutoff valves, lever-type shutoff valves installed within the basement so that I could, you know, periodically, if I had to do any maintenance on the faucets outside, you know, I'd have a way of shutting the water off without cutting off the entire house. Sure, nice. However, I don't understand why I'm getting more pressure at one end, the west end, where the main water line is coming in through the regulator valve as opposed to the east end of the house. Is it because of the new lever shutoff valves that I had installed? Uh, it could be, but it's unlikely to have a pro put in, a, you know, a gate valve or a lever valve like that. Uh, generally, they don't over-solder it. But sometimes if they over-solder it, for example, you clean and you flux it and you just keep pumping the solder in, you can actually occlude or block the aperture really not inside the gate or ball valve itself lever valve as you're calling it uh, but it can block it Uh, likewise don't miss the opportunity for um, older shutoff valves that may exist sometimes the rubber in the seals and seats uh, get hard break off and they flow around inside your pipe system and they will hit an old shutoff somewhere 
So just because it used to work, uh, it may you may actually have debris inside there. So what that would look like is shutting off the water to your house and then unscrewing, pulling the guts out of your water stops that might be in line for that side of the house. You follow what I'm saying there, Joe? Yeah. 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 It's, okay. kind, it's kind of like yeah. us. You know, we've got elbows and stuff, and, you know, all of our plaque that comes from eating cheeseburgers and French fries winds up, you know, <laughs> lodging in the bendy part. You know, well, the same thing, that bendy part are those old shutoffs that might be a little bit rougher than the smooth pipe elsewhere. I got it. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Scott. I appreciate it. All right, Joe, you're just going to have to noodle through it there, I think, my friend. Right. All righty. Bye now. Have a to do. All righty. Uh, phone lines open, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We're rolling on here. Our two home improvement Cardinals play today. Cards versus the Cubs right here on KMOX. Next up, let's go talk to my friend Mildred. Hey, Mildred, lunchtime, KMOX, how can I help? Uh Good, good afternoon, uh, Scott. Uh, yes. I have a 1939 home, okay. and I'm thinking about in the attic space where there is no ventilation uh, going to the upper unit of uh, putting in um, a, one of those new split uh, heating, cooling uh, yeah. units. Yes. I have a space heater up there at this time for the winter time, but for the summer I don't uh, get the cooling yeah. factor. And I was just wanting your opinion as to what do you think of those uh, units, uh, the newer I, units out, out on the market, the electric heating, cooling uh, systems. I, I love them, Mildred. They are, uh, they you know, it's kind of like put that unit right where it hurts. So for a room or a space or an area, it doesn't have duct work, uh, but golly, you can put it right where it needs the cooling or right where you need the heating. Uh, and and frankly, uh, num- they aren't that new. They're new to us. But those right. units have been flying around in Europe for 40, 50 years. They're not a new unit, but they're new to the U.S. So the Mitsubishi mini split system, um, there's a whole bunch. Everybody makes right. them. Um, so I love them. And the other question I had, should I keep in case of backup uh, of electric going out and all, you know, uh, should I keep that uh, a gas a space heater uh, uh, appliance up there? Um, uh, Ameren, uh, not Ameren, but um, I call them the plea gas. You know the new, <laughs> yeah. new name. You they, and I do. Uh, had put it in, yeah. per se. Should I keep that unit uh, uh, just in case for a backup? Oh, or you no? bet. Oh, you bet. I, I love redundancy. If, if this was NASA and we were blowing a space capsule to uh, the moon, We redundant systems, if you have electric go out, then you have gas, which is more reliable. Mm-hmm. I, absolutely. And and frankly, uh, on really cold days, there's nothing that prevents you. Because Keep in mind, those mini splits generally are heat pumps, and they're very good until you get down to about 21 degrees. And then, oh, are you kidding? No, oh, no, I didn't know that. Well, they do have a back, they have a backup heat strip on a, what's called a supplemental heater, which is basically a hot electric space heater inside. So it'll kick on, but I, I would not. I mean, it, when it hits zero or six degrees below zero, you might easily have both that gas space heater going and that heater. So you bet. And you is it really effective as far as cooling in the summer if you got a large area? 
as long as it's, you know, with the heating, uh, cooling contractor putting it in and all. Oh, they sure. would know what, what uh, type and all, you know, how many uh, BTUs or whatever is needful yes, for the ma'am. spacing. Oh, yeah, it, because they come in different sizes. I mean, it's very uh, it's very common in large new homes where, you know, there's so much ductwork duct work, and they're just so far apart that they'll put these things all over the house and not have a central heating system. So they come in very large units where you can you know, heat and, and, you know, they come in larger size where you might have two indoor units. So, uh, yeah, they, they're very good. Thank you so very much. I appreciate that. But I had one other question, Scott, that I did not tell your announcer pertaining to, because I hear you talking about concrete. Yeah. What is, uh, when should you not have, uh, like if you wanted a driveway or something like that, a big job of concrete done, when should you not have it done? Uh, will heat, Heat uh, uh, cured too fast. Uh, I know you were talking about the cold and all, but what what is a bad season not to have that kind of work done? About the only time that you can't overcome the problems is, you know, January and February. This past winter, there was no concrete going on. But last winter, when it was pretty warm, you know, concrete mm-hmm. got poured all the way through the, the winter. But there are many, many ways to slow down concrete, keep it cool, um, you know, cool it off with water. So, you know, there, there are a lot of ways with chemical admixtures that we use to add to the concrete to control it in the hot, hot summer sun. So it's the direct sunlight, which is the toughest part to control, because then you just, you know, basically you just got to, you know, you, you can't keep it in the shade if it's a big enough chunk of concrete. Well, and, and uh, with concrete, by this house being built in 1939, uh, the concrete is really, really, uh, you know, uh, 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 thick. Yes. And, uh, and, and the newer one does not look as thick. So what is needful in a, con- uh, a contract and in, uh, uh, for a, a, a homeowner to know when they're trying to uh, get the right mixture uh, and the right thing in the contract so that you will not have a problem five years or 10 years down the line with a big job like a driveway? Uh, Reinforcing steel. Uh, Reinforcing steel is the real thing. And and really, the, the real answer down in my heart, Mildred, is trust. You're not really hiring the concrete mix you're hiring somebody you're going to trust to do it right. So that's right. that's the way it is. So it's just like inter- interviewing an employee for a job. You need to realize that, you know, this is your money, this is your job, and you're looking for, you know, do they know their business? Do they have command? All the questions you've asked me are appropriate questions, and you'll know it. You know people that know what they're doing. Um, well, they they got so many, uh, and I heard uh, advertised one of your sponsors that advertised, which I will be calling, yeah. and uh, 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 but I I was just wondering on that and all per se. Well, you know, I'll, um, I'll tell you one thing I really look for uh, when I'm talking to a trade partner, uh, and, and when and we interview and we keep uh, we keep using them when they're good, but sometimes I'm looking for somebody to tell me no. I mean, I know a lot about concrete. I know about admixture. I know about all that stuff, but I'm not a concrete guy. So right. I, don't, I don't know more than them. Right. But I do know enough to be dangerous at times. And it's like, mm. no, you know, Scott, 
Uh, so when you have an idea and you're you're asking all the questions you're asking me, Mildred, and then when you get the feedback, it's like, well, you know, Mildred, you might, you know, here's how we handle it. And, you know, yeah, we can use fiber reinforcing, but we don't. Uh, we like to use real steel. We're a little old-fashioned. We're part of the show me. Anyway, that's kind of why I like B&W Concrete, because they push back and they keep me out of trouble. <laughs> Thank you so very much. I really, really appreciated listening to all the questions that are asked and all, and how you asked it. And like you say, even the input of people uh, when you don't know the complete answer or when the a consumer come back in and uh, give a points out. Yeah. And so forth and so on. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Mildred. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Merry, happy Easter to you. And, and, and you know, it's kind of gets down to is like no one, I, I like Mildred's compliment, and I, I value that because no one person is smarter than all of us, you know, no matter who you are. So I'm considered an expert in many, many circles. You know what? I get over my head very quickly when I get out and I start traveling nationally. You get into some of these you know, truly building scientists, people that uh, are doing research at universities. And I know when to shut up. It's like I am totally outclassed. It's time for me to listen. But that doesn't mean I don't offer suggestions because I want to know. I put that suggestion. It's like, here's how I'm doing it. Is there a better way? And it's like, well, I like, you know, so I like to learn, but I never have the only answer. And I seldom have the, the right answer. Sometimes in construction, you're managing and optimizing. All there is is a best answer. There is not a right and a wrong because, um, you know, if there's only one way to do it, Mother Nature sooner or later will teach us that, you know, there's another way. Uh, phone lines open, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We started the hour off with Aaron building a screened enclosure for his master gardener wife for her vegetables. Joe with a water pressure uh, issue, one side having more pressure than the other. Mildred here with uh, attic ventilation as well as a mini split system. All good topics that we're uh, talking about here in the University of Camwex. Bring it on. Phone lines, you're next. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby at your service. This is the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, right into our phone lines here for a very patient Ed. Hey, Ed, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. Thank you for joining. How can I help, sir? Hey, Scott, how are you doing? Fantabulous. How about Happy Okay, Easter. good. Yeah. Okay, I got a major project going on here. Okay. We live in an older house, and we're redoing all the floors. We pulled the carpeting and the old linoleum up, and there was quarter-inch plyboard underneath. Yeah. So we pulled the plywood up, and lo and behold, we had some real pretty hardwood flooring under it. Yep. So... We're going to sand and refinish the hardwood flooring, but I got myself in a jam, and there's some pieces of the boards that are missing. Yeah. Can I put regular lumber back in there, or should I get regular uh, flooring to put in there? Flooring. You need to match, uh, and be aware, it's probably oak 
on this, uh, Ed, but keep in mind there's red oak and there's white oak. Um, probably what you're going to find uh, out on the market today is more red oak. But be aware, if this is old enough, uh, it may be white oak. And it kind of here's the dance. Uh, hardwood floors were everywhere. And then when carpet came out, it was the new, fabulous, upscale, luxurious material. Nobody wanted that old junky typical hardwood anymore they nailed down underlayment plywood they which takes a gazillion nails so when you refinish that hardwood floor they're going to be a thousand nail holes in there which is going to be a little bit ugly when you stain it so beware of that but they put down the underlayment they put on the linoleum and then they carpeted over it so it's it was the newest and the greatest that covered up that hardwood floor. Now we're back to understanding just how rare that natural resource of hardwood floors are. Uh, and we value those, but they're now in, in vogue, in style, in trend, but they'll probably go out of style one day again, you know, and we'll nail down okay. <laughs> underlayment okay. over, but just beware. Yes, you can patch in that floor. Make, I would, if you don't know, I would probably use red Oak as the material. If you can get the flooring material similar to that, that's the right way to do it. Um, but beware when we pull up underlayment and we discover old, beautiful hardwood, they usually have ruined it by putting so many nails in with that plywood underlayment. Okay. Just beware. Okay. Be, be careful. Now, you can put a lot of beautiful work into it. You can pet it and love it and put sealer down and stain it, even have this all professionally done, and it still, you know, looks like somebody took a shotgun to it. Oh, wow. Yeah, be careful, brother. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, can you give me any tips or tricks about sanding it? Is it? I mean, I know I'm going to have to have a walk behind sander. I realize that, but is there a perfect finish that I'm looking for? Well, I'll tell you what, if you're asking me that question, you probably shouldn't try sanding it or have somebody with you there that has done this before because those big sanding, these things are heavy and the grit, you know, some of the grit on those things, you know, they're, they're enormous. They're like rock salt um, and they can chew. I mean, if, for example, if you turn on that sander and you don't move it for five or six seconds, you can literally sand all the way through the hardwood floor, through the side plywood or one by subfloor and wind up with that tool in the basement. So that's, yeah, I mean, it's a big, powerful machine. Uh, There are many grits in terms of that. So I would uh, deeply invest in the how researching it yourself but I'm I'm guessing that this may be something. Uh, I'm pretty good, and I can do all this, and I've done it before. I would uh, have a uh, a specialist do the sanding and the finishing on that floor. And what's more, I would ask them look at it first before we get it. I, I would call some companies and find out whether it's even. Um, um, a good worthy. idea, but yeah, worthy with all those nails in it. Uh, we've done this before only to pull it out. It's like, oh no, that was much ado about nothing. Okay. Yeah. Beware. Okay. Now if everything is all right, is that, for, is that tongue and groove boring or is it just straight? No, it'll be tongue. It'll be tongue and groove. It, it, it will. The side edges will be tongue and groove and even 
Ed, on the end-to-end butt joints where one board goes into the other, that is indeed tongue and groove. So the way that flo- every when you get uh, hardwood flooring, and you'll see it when you go to patch this in if you do, there's tongue and groove on all four sides. Two sides will have tongue and two sides will have groove. Because okay. when you end-to-end join them, that keeps those end joints, those butt joints of those boards from uh, misaligning. So, yeah, it's it's a really cool system. Okay. Okay, Scott, I appreciate it. You have a very merry, merry, merry Easter. All right. I'm, I'm with you there, Ed. You betcha. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And and then indeed, just uh, again, uh, I've made this mistake uh, as a do-it-yourselfer on my home ho- own home at the very beginning. You know, I'm a good tradesman. I'm good mechanic mind and all that stuff. So I had the the physical abilities and the physical skill to do this. But what I I was a little too optimistic. Once you get linoleum under laminate nailed down over a hardwood floor or anything else, there are so many nails you virtually ruin. Um, the, and, and when you get the tongue in the groove, those nails go through those grooves and they split that off with it hits the tongue and it splits that tongue off. So then when you're all finished refinishing the floor, the boards don't stay aligned for two, four and six years because you basically split those things off. Uh, let's go to, uh, how about Kurt? See what's cooking. Hey, Kurt, how you doing? Happy afternoon. How can I help? Hey, uh, doing great. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. So. Real quick, based on your on your last call, I'm a I'm a full time contractor. Now you got me scared to sand my floors. I got that project coming up. <laughs> well, that's okay. Good. Then you're just going to be more careful there, Kurt. So I'm okay with you doing it, but I just want your eyes wide open instead of eyes wide shut. Right, right. So, yeah. so I tell you what I got. Um, I have a. I just got my sewer uh, drain cabled. Mm-hmm. I'm not yet. Uh, camera i've had a camera go through it in my house about a week ago okay and what we saw was a long continuous crack yeah. uh at the top of that drain yeah. and also it was water settled you know basically throughout uh kind of a small puddle throughout i guess that's indicating that uh, the bottom of the pipe is eroding pretty bad um what are your thoughts about the uh pipe inside of pipe epoxy uh kind of a deal you know that they're that they're doing out there as an alternative to digging well i i like it uh kurt uh, they've been doing this on city water mains for a long long time and mm-hmm. it works uh it is very high skill um and uh, the the equipment is expensive and frankly mm-hmm. the reason your pipe has rusted is on the mm-hmm. top you've got that long straight split that's where mm-hmm. oxygen gets to it. And the water on the mm-hmm. bottom of your pipe, actually the water keeps it from rusting, believe it believe it or not, because oh. it takes oxygen. So the top of the pipe is the one that goes first. Okay, interesting. And, and, <laughs> interesting. And I, and I learned that from mm-hmm. digging these up over the years. That You know, you can yeah. pop right through the top with a shovel, but the, the other three quarters of the pipe is usually pretty stout. So if you have yeah. no collapsed parts of that pipe, inside mm-hmm. your house that mm-hmm. liner system is actually a really good idea i'm so glad to hear that and 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 what it, what is the typical cost savings on that from a percentage standpoint as opposed to digging up it's just as expensive as digging up the uh pipe and replacing it with the plumber what you miss is all the rebuilding costs of finished floor cabinets drywall wall framing all that stuff so it's the tearing apart of any finished materials so if you're in an unfinished basement um, it's it's about the same price as breaking and and digging up the pipe it's not it's not a cheap date
So, okay. but what you and then what, what is, would you choose? What would you choose between the two? Like it's in an unfinished basement. So if it were you, would you go with the epoxy or would you rather have the pipes replaced? I check them out both. If you find somebody that has been doing this liner system for a while, and, and there's a price difference. Every job's different. So I would check them both out. I think the question you're asking is a great $64 question, and considering them both, I think you're in the perfect consumer place to get, you know, a few quotes and so, you know, and see if you've got good partners that you're willing to go into this with. So, uh, and, and and that wasn't true five years ago. There was nobody doing this residential. They're doing it all over in the streets, municipal, but there wasn't anybody doing residential. And, and, and you have to know that of 10 jobs that start out with a liner system, three or four Mm -hmm. of them wind up breaking the floor anyway. Ah, interesting. Because they learn stuff, you know, they go, they blow the balloon in there and all of a sudden an embolism happens on the pipe. It's like, well, the pipe, you know, the joints fell apart and, you know, this Mm -hmm. isn't going to work quite like. So just be prepared. Uh, It's an optimal system with a great idea and a good Mm -hmm. technology, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. always, you don't always, uh, when you launch the ship, you don't always float across the shore. Sometimes you wind up coming back and having to re-break the floor and do it old school. Okay. Yep. All right, man. St. Louis is uh, blessed to have you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Kurt. Good luck, man. All right. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. And, and what Kurt's talking about, and I, I get up on, I, I'll tell you what, well, I'll, I'll get up on my uh, big stump here in a few minutes when I come back because Kurt brings up a really good topic, uh, good technology, something I've watched for 10 or 15 years and actually considered at Mosby Building Arts years ago to, uh, you know, add this to our services, but it was just so high skill, high tech that we just, you know, we just couldn't, we weren't, we weren't well-trained enough to be better than anybody else. And if we can't be better or the best, we just won't go into it. Uh, anyway, I'll t- talk about that when we come back here on University of Camwex. Scott Mosby, Camwex, at your service. This is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, back together, Scott Mosby here. And the three topics I wanted to talk about, is your bathroom properly ventilated? These are the blogs on uh, callmosby.com or mosbybuildingarts.com. It's important. If you're remodeling your bathroom, make sure you vent that bathroom. That's a bath fan, and it just doesn't go up into the attic. It has to go outside the housing envelope which includes the attic. If you're just putting a bath fan up into the attic, I've been in attics in the middle of the winter where there was so much humidity from the bath fan pumping hot, moist air up into the attic that there was actually a snowstorm. Snow was falling as the moisture turned back into frozen material, condensed and turned into snowflakes, and it was resting on and come to land on the attic insulation. So make sure you're properly ventilating your bath uh, fan. It's an important thing. And it's uh, required. Uh, If you don't and you pump all that moisture up in the attic when it gets warm and it stays wet, okay, think about it. You've got a food source, you've got water, and you've got heat. Well, that's what mold needs. So you can get some pretty nasty uh, uh, mold and mildew situations if you don't properly bath uh, or vent your bathroom. Also, thriving in place, accessible and universal design. That's another one of our articles in the uh, website. And just keep in mind what that means, how that touches you and affects you. This is for people of all ages, all abilities, and all sizes, which is why they call it universal design. Uh, For example, what is the recommended height of a light switch? Well, 
you know, if you're three years old, that's one height. If you're, uh, you know, full height adult, that's another height. And if you're in a wheelchair or a walker or some sort of mobility assist, that may may be a third one. So there's not a one size fits all. Uh, Also bathing and self-care, self-care, those are all important things. Right down to the entrance and exit or egress, if you will. And then the uh, classic one that uh, is always part of my career, uh, the great debate, you need a bathtub in your home. Well, check it out. See what we think there because uh, this is uh, gathered from information, companies all the way across the United States, designers all across the country. Uh, Now, I promised I would talk about uh, the pipeliner system Kurt brought up here uh, just a few minutes ago here on Hour 2. There is a um, pipeless, uh, no-floor break liner system. And what happens is when you've got all the streets on cities – Uh, like the city of St. Louis, all the municipalities around town, of which there are many, um, when they have a sewer problem, I mean, digging up a sewer pipe that might be six, eight feet down on the ground through the middle of a street, while you and I want to drive up and down the road, that's a bit of a problem. So they came up, uh, several technologies, the technology has been around for decades. Several companies around have been doing this on a big scale for 10, 12, 14, 16-inch round pipes. And you've seen it undoubtedly without knowing it. Now they've started to do it for smaller pipes, 3-inch and 4-inch pipes underneath your basement floor and mine. Um, The reality is out of 10 projects that happen, about six of them work. And, and the others have uh, problems with the piping where it is so damaged and rusted out that the liner system won't take. So just be aware of that. Um, and it, it's still pricey because it takes a lot of technology time. You still have to break the floor on two ends. So you have to be able to get this thing in from one place and, and, and have it come in from the other. But uh, anyway, it's a good deal. Uh, it's not cheap, but it is much less costly than ripping up a basement or finished room. Uh, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Stay tuned. News, weather, and sports coming up next. Cardinals, 3 o'clock today versus the Reds.